is faithfulness. For several weeks now, we've been asking God to fill our hearts, fill our lives with the fruit that he speaks of in Galatians 5, 23. We want to be people from all kinds of nations and cultures who are united through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, producing, creating the fruit that is spoken of in Galatians chapter 5. Let's read the scripture in unison together, shall we? All right, Galatians 5, 22, 23, out loud. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. In previous weeks, we studied and worked through the, the, the fruit that are spoken of, and then we got last week to faithfulness, faithfulness, but I didn't have enough time to finish everything that should be said about faithfulness, so this is part two on this very important topic of faithfulness. And just a little summary, those of you who weren't here last week, it's not like uh, you, you missed, you missed um, uh, some, you know, something that you have to know for today. Uh, if you'd like to hear the whole message, you can go to the website. But here's a little summary, a little summary of what we spoke of last week, okay? We said that faithfulness is a characteristic of God, and so growing in faithfulness is becoming more like God. Amen? And we talked about some ways in which the Lord is faithful. This is a part of the character of God. And we discovered that the Lord keeps his promises. We, we focused on some of the verses that tell us of how he keeps his promises. And then we talked about how the Lord hears and answers our prayers. And the Lord gives us peace during anxious times. And the Lord is faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And the Bible says the Lord is faithful to help us overcome temptations. And the Lord is faithful to protect us from the evil one. And so those were some of the truths we focused on in, in the message last week. Now I want to take you further into this message. And we come now... We come now to this second main truth, and I want to ask you to pull out, pull out from your bulletin, the message outline, if you like to use it. Uh, if you don't have one, put your hand up, and ushers, if you would quickly pass one out, uh, both on the main level here and up in the balcony, just keep your hand up, please, and ushers, if you can do it really swiftly, that would be appreciated. Just keep your hand up there, please, okay? And so now... If you turn to the second page in your handout there, we come to the second main truth, partway down on the second page, and it is this. There are many areas of life where you and I need to practice faithfulness, right? And certainly one of those areas is faithfulness in marriage, faithfulness in marriage. And speaking of marriage, have you heard about the son who said to his father, the son said, Dad, I've heard that in some parts of the world, a man doesn't know his wife until he marries her. And the father said, Son, that's true everywhere. 
Some of you still hadn't gotten it, haven't gotten it. Uh, I, I didn't know if I should tell you this one. Here's a story. James would probably say, uh, Pastor Nick, tell it now. <laughs> Here's a story about a man who was looking. He was looking for love. This man was really lonely, so he posted an ad on a popular website. And the ad said simply this. The ad said, wife wanted. Wife wanted. He was surprised the next morning to find that he had, he had over 100 replies in his inbox. Over 100 replies. Unfortunately, unfortunately, they all said the same thing. You can have mine. <laughs> I hope, man, you are not the husband, and I'm not the husband who would have said you can have mine. All right? Let's move on to what really matters, all right? Faithfulness in marriage. During a wedding ceremony, most of us pastors, when we get to the vows, will ask, uh, we'll ask a couple to repeat vows that go something like this. I, the groom, do take you, name of the bride, to be my lawful wedded wife, to have and to hold and to respect, from this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish till death us do part. And until then, I pledge to you all my love and all my devotion. Now, sometimes the vows vary a little bit, but essentially that's often what, what is said. Now, the verse or the vows there say, for better... For worse. Now, the truth is, anyone who is getting married, like Andre, who was up here singing, amen, anyone who is getting married uh, is expecting, truthfully, for better and not for worse. Right? Right. Otherwise, you would not be getting married. Right, Andre? <laughs> All right. Now, there might be, there, mi there might be one, one out of every thousand couples or one out of, I don't know, one out of a million couples who would say, well, since I got married, it has, it has always been for better <clears throat> and never for worse. I'm almost afraid to say, to ask, you know, are there any hands that would go up if, if I asked? Has it always been for better? I won't ask, okay? Um, but uh, if perhaps you're one of those that would say it's always been for better, that, that's great, all right? However, for most of us, for most of us normal people, sometimes marriage is for better, and sometimes for worse, if we're honest. Well, why is it a little bit quiet? <laughs> sometimes sometimes uh, some of you ladies think, you know, man, my husband, my husband makes those strange noises at night while he's supposed to be sleeping. 
and he just interrupts my sleep. He's and, and, and sometimes it really bothers you, right, ladies? Okay, we're getting louder now. And some of you, some of you men, some of you men have times when you think things like, you know, man, at work and at church, the women dress and look so beautiful. And when I get home, my wife looks like she got stuck on the rinse cycle. <laughs> That's the truth, isn't it? Don't say amen, especially if you're sitting beside your wife. Now, some of you, some of you wives, some of you wives think, oh, you know, when my husband, when I, when my husband and I were, were newly married, he, he looked so, so slim and so handsome and so trim, and now he's flabby and, and gray and oh, whatever, right? Right? And, and sometimes, sometimes husbands think, you know, when I got married, when I got married, I, I was hoping to have, I was hoping to have so much beautiful sex with my wife, and then, then I discovered my wife would rather eat chocolate than have sex. <laughs> That's what the research tells us. And you say, what a disappointment. You know, when, when you are feeling, when you're feeling like the four worse, for worse part of the vows, for better or for worse, when the for worse seems to be winning out, our culture would, would tend to say, our culture would tend to say, well, you know, you can find, you can find someone better, you can find someone better at work or at the gym where you work out, or you can find someone better on the internet, or maybe you can even find someone better in church. Our culture tends to say that. I like what Reverend Alistair Begg says. He says, faithfulness in marriage is fidelity. It is mental, emotional, unequivocal. He says, sex to be enjoyed with and only with your spouse. Anything before that, outside of that, or beyond that in any shape or fashion is entirely opposed to the faithfulness God demands and provides in the authority of his word. Amen? Amen. And so, husbands, how faithful, how faithful are you to your wife? Wives, how faithful are you to your husband? Let's move to point B in your outline there. Talk about faithfulness towards your children. Parents, my experience is that most parents try very hard, but sometimes we need a reminder Parents, let's do our best to live by Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, which says, why don't you read it with me from the big screen. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with a discipline and instruction 
that comes from the Lord. My experience of 38 years of pastoring tells me that most parents treat their children from birth into adulthood extremely well. Sadly, a few parents have raised their children, mistreating them, sometimes physically or emotionally or sexually, or by not providing enough food or, or decent shelter. And many times when children have, have not been treated properly in North America, in North America, it was often because of one or both parents being alcoholics or drug addicts or occasionally very poor or sometimes parents have been lacking in knowledge as to how to simply be nice to their children. Uh, a, a few years ago, a few years ago, um, I was at, a, an, at an airport when I saw a father, not too far away from me, when I saw a father literally, literally grab his probably six or seven-year-old son. He grabbed that little boy by the hair. He grabbed him by the hair and he dragged him to where he wanted that little boy to be. And I, I saw that happen and I had a big temptation. I had a big temptation, man. I'm a very peaceful person normally. But I was so tempted to go over and grab that man by his hair <laughs> and drag him a few, a few meters to help him understand what it's like to have someone grab your hair and pull you. Now, don't worry, I, I didn't do that. I didn't go and grab him and pull him by the hair because I didn't want, I didn't want the headline to read, Nazarene pastor arrested for grabbing man in airport by hair. You know what I mean? It doesn't look good, all right? But I, I, I really cringed when I saw that because I thought, why in the world did you do that? I mean, that little boy, if you do this constantly with him, that little boy's gonna grow up, Father, hating you and probably also, also, also hating authority. Isn't that right? I prayed, I prayed for, for that boy and for the father and, and the family, but it just grieved me so, so, so much that I, I saw that happen. Parents, just a little reminder for us to be very careful how we treat our children, grandchildren, or anyone, anyone's child. Amen? Amen? Over the years, we've had young men and young women come through the week to the church here. You don't know, most of you wouldn't know that this happens, but it happens regularly. We've had young men and women come to the church to, to see me. Sometimes it's just because they saw the church. Sometimes someone in the church recommended that they go see Pastor Nick or Pastor Lisa. And they've come to see us to ask for financial help for food and shelter. And usually they, you've, they've been in, in their 20s and, and 30s. And uh, as, as I begin the discussion with them when they ask for help, I usually begin by saying, do you have some friends who can 
help you? Answer, no. Do you have a brother or sister who can assist you? Answer, no. Do you have a mother or father who can help you? Answer, no. And because I am a parent, and now a grandparent, I will usually say uh, to the person, man or woman, I'll usually say, you know, I'm a father, and I know that my son or daughter, uh, I know that if my son or daughter is in need, I would do whatever I need to do to help my child. And I would say, your parents are probably like me. They would want to help you. And so how about we contact them and see how they can help you? And sometimes the person will say, Pastor, my parents won't even answer the phone when I call them. And when I go to, uh, they'll say, when I go to knock on the door of their house, they see it's me and they won't even open the door. And sometimes a person will be honest. They'll be honest with me and they'll say, Pastor, I, I don't blame my parents for shutting me out. I've been such a problem to them and such a disappointment. Um, I, I don't blame them for giving up on me. Parents, I know the pain and agony what some teenagers and young adults have put their parents through. I know. But I still want to encourage, I want to encourage all of us parents and grandparents in regards to our children to keep a mat at the entrance of the door of your home or apartment or condo, whatever. Keep a mat that says, welcome. Welcome, welcome to that wayward son or daughter. Furthermore, there are some parents and grandparents listening today whose children have put them through agonizing times and, and you have remained faithful to your child despite what he or she has done despite the pain they've caused you, the, the sleepless nights that you have endured, the money you have spent on them. And I want to say congratulations to you. You deserve a medal. You deserve a medal. It would not be appropriate for me to mention any names, but I want to ask you to join me in applauding these parents for their faithfulness to their children, and we've got radio listeners, radio listeners, internet listeners as well, who have gone through the same thing, agonizing times with their children, and you have remained faithful to that son or daughter. Would you just join me in giving these dear people a hand, would you? Amen? Amen? There are some of you right here in this sanctuary today, across this beautiful sanctuary, and we commend you. Whoever we are, Whomever you are, be faithful to your children. Let's talk, point C, about faithfulness towards your parents. Ephesians 6, verses 1 and 2 says, read it out loud with me from the big screen. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord 
for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. Not only these verses, but many others like them talk about faithfulness to our parents. Recently, I was visiting in, in, a, in a hospital, and by then, I went to see this dear mom, and by then, their mother had been in the hospital uh, about two weeks. Her husband, her children, her grandchildren, and other friends had been repeatedly um, visiting her and being with her throughout those two weeks to just encourage her and comfort her from morning till night. On one of my visits, one of my visits, um, one of the family members whispered, she whispered to me these words. She said, Pastor Nick, Pastor Nick, in all the hours and days we have been here with mom, we, we have not seen a single person visit the patient in the other bed in mom's room. And they were, they were just expressing concern and love. They were con expressing concern as to why no family member or friend bothered to visit the other patient. Now, I don't know if the other patient had children and, or grandkids, but I do want to say this. My friends, be faithful towards your parents at all stages of life. Amen? Sometimes when I've gone to visit someone in a senior's home, as I'm leaving, as I'm leaving, a nurse, a nurse will sometimes stop me and say, Pastor, will you please go and see so-and-so in room such-and-such? And, such? and the nurse will say, uh, she, she has four children and grandchildren, but they never come to see her. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is faithfulness, and that should also be expressed towards our parents at all stages of life. Amen? And as I speak these words, I, I want to sincerely congratulate the many of you, the many of you who truly show fantastic faithfulness towards your mother and or father or both, and towards your aunts, and many of you, many of you go out of your way to truly do your best for your aging parent, and we salute you. We, we salute you. We applaud you. Indeed, I want to applaud you. And, and, and again, there, there are many of you who just have beautifully shown this kind of honor and respect and faithfulness towards your parents. Now, it's possible that as I share these words, some of you are thinking, are thinking, you know, dear God, I have neglected my mom or dad or both. And if that's the case, make a decision today. Make a decision to change your ways and pray, Lord, with your help, I will start to show the kind of love and faithfulness towards my mom or dad or both that they deserve. Amen? Amen. Let's uh, think about faithfulness in your employment. That's item D in your handout. Faithfulness in your employment. At work, at work, be known for your reliability, for your trustworthiness, your honesty, your consistency. 
And if you are, if you are an employer, be faithful to pay your employees decent wages and fair benefits. I thought I'd get a few more amens uh, than, than one or two silent ones, quiet ones there. Okay? All right? Now, whatever your job might be, give it your best and not your least. Give it your best and not your least. Um, I remember just, I guess it's just a few years ago, I remember going into a washroom in a, in a place that was supposed to be very reputable and uh, uh, quite fancy and all that. I remember going into this washroom and, uh, and I thought, wow, what, what a mess. I mean, what a mess. It was in bad shape. It was in terrible shape. And, uh, and, 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 and I, I, you know, on, on the back of the door, just as you enter, on the back of the door, there's a checklist. In a lot of these places, you know, they have a checklist showing, showing in this case, showing how every hour, every hour, someone had come in to clean the washroom and restock and, and, and inspect it and do what was necessary, right? And so I noticed, I noticed that every hour throughout that day, there was a check mark, you know, or initials, initials and checks that this had been done. And so I, I looked at this terrible washroom and, and yet it was checked every hour. I thought, man, how in the world did somebody come in here just before I got in and just blow the place up or what? <laughs> and, and then I, I discovered what happened. As I was just washing my hands, one of the employees walked in, didn't even take a look around, didn't even look around. Employee walked in, opened the door, went to that chart where you're supposed to put in the initials and the check marks, uh, wrote, wrote, you know, wrote the initials and the check marks, didn't even look around, and left before I could even say, hey, you. <laughs> okay? And then I thought, oh, now I know that's my answer. Uh, now I know why this place is in a mess. The employee has not been doing his job, okay? The person who was supposed to be checking and cleaning and supplying wasn't faithful in their job. My friends, whatever you work at, are you faithful? Are you faithful? One of the reasons why I have a great appreciation for Reverend Dr. Lisa Autar, who led us in prayer earlier, okay, one of the reasons I have a great appreciation for her is because ever since, ever since we first hired her as our student intern over 10 years ago, from the time she was an intern, then our youth pastor, and uh, for many years now our associate pastor, she has been faithful. She has been faithful. That's right. Amen. Amen. I don't know where she is. She's here somewhere. Amen. Right? In Colossians 4, verse 9, the Apostle Paul refers to Onesimus as faithful. It's wonderful that we have an Onesimus whose name is Lisa. You know, back in January when our, when our uh, youth pastor left to take a new ministry, Pastor Lisa stepped up and said, Pastor Nick, I, I can look after the youth ministry. And she wanted to do this over and above her regular workload. 
And I've had to beg her, I've had to beg her to reduce her visitation hours because of the extra hours that she's investing with our teens. So I want, I want to say thank you to Pastor Lisa and many others of you who, like her, are also very faithful in whatever work you do. Amen and amen. Colossians 3, verse 23 and 24. I think we have it on the screen. All right, read it out loud. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. Let's move on to point E in your outline. Faithfulness towards our local church. Question, are you faithful in your worship and Sunday school attendance. Whether you're a regular part of Rosewood Church of the Nazarene here, or you are a wonderful guest today from another church, are you faithful in your worship and Sunday school attendance? Here's something else. Are you faithful in carrying out whatever responsibility or ministry you say you will carry out in our local church, in your local church. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 2 says, Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. Must prove faithful. Now the good news is this. Many of you, many of you are very faithful. And I want to sincerely commend you. All right, across the years, there are many of you here who have been and who are and who will be very faithful in the ministry that you have committed yourself to, the ministry you're doing, the ministry you've promised God to carry out. And I, I commend you greatly. But I have to also be honest and say, there are others of you, there are others of you who need a kick in the pants. Amen. Amen. You need a kick in the pants because many times you say you will do something and you don't. You don't show up or you're super late or whatever, whatever. You know, in this culture nowadays, whether you live in Canada or United States, there's a tendency, well, I'll do what I feel like doing when I feel like doing it, if I feel like doing it, when the weather, when the weather is just right, when the wind is blowing right, and, and all that kind of stuff. No, that is not Christian. That might be the culture of North America. No, that is not God's way. If you're faithful, you're faithful. Amen? Where's Pastor Lisa? She needs to pat me on the back to say, wonderful preaching, Pastor Nick. Thank you. Thank you, my sister. Amen. All right. All right. Amen. You know, some of you have ministries that are very upfront, like, like our wonderful musicians. Thank you for your faithfulness. Others of you have responsibilities that are behind the scenes. For, for instance, uh, on the previous Saturday evening, I was at the church last Saturday evening um, uh, trying to finish up my message for last Sunday. At one point, at one point, I, I wandered into the church kitchen downstairs and happened to open the stand-up freezer. Now, why I did that, I, I, I can't remember. But anyway, happened to open up the stand-up freezer 
And when I opened up the freezer, I was so blessed. I was so blessed to see the freezer filled with ice cream sandwiches and ice cream cones. And uh, then I remembered that last Sunday after church, we had planned to have a, a, a fellowship time with ice cream for everybody, okay? Those of you who were here know about that. And I, and I said to myself, isn't this wonderful? Back in early June, we had asked Irvin Knight and the kitchen committee if they could please plan to serve ice cream to the congregation last Sunday. And Pastor Lisa or, or Raven had given Irvin a list of the desserts or foods we were hoping to give out on particular Sundays. And behold, there was the ice cream for last Sunday. I didn't even have to check up on the kitchen committee. They were on the ball. I didn't have to beg them. They asked for the necessary funds from our church treasure. And behold, hundreds of you, adults, youth, and children, enjoyed ice cream after church. Amen? And today, today, after our International Friendship Sunday, that same team of people will be serving you Jamaican patties and punch for you. And by the way, for those of you who are wondering if Pastor Nick helped himself to a few ice cream uh, sandwiches, ice cream cones last Saturday evening when I saw them in the freezer, if you're wondering if I had any, the answer is no. I didn't have any ice cream. I waited until Sunday morning after all of you had your ice cream, and then I discovered that someone had left, left some ice cream for me. Amen? Okay. Thank you, thank you to those of you who are faithful behind the scenes, and uh, thank you to others of you who faithfully carry out your ministry behind the scenes. Some of you don't know this. Did you know every month, every month, we've got some wonderful ladies in this church. They go into those three nursery rooms downstairs, and you know what they do? They disinfect. They disinfect all the toys. They wash all the linens. They rub and scrub so that those little babies who come to church here, they're in some of the clean, one of the cleanest nurseries anywhere in Canada. Okay? All right? Thank you. Thank you, ladies, for doing that. We're so grateful. All right. We're talking about faithfulness towards our local church. Here's another, another question. Are you faithful? Faithfulness towards our local church. Are you faithful in giving your tithes and offerings? A tithe is a tenth of our regular paycheck or income. Malachi 3.10. Malachi 3.10. Let's read it together quickly in unison. All right. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7 and 8. Read it in unison. All right? For God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide all you need then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Amen? Some of you need, some of you need a box of offering envelopes. Okay, I want you to take one of those white friendship and worship cards, put your name, address, phone number on it, right on the back of there, need offering envelopes, and uh, I'll give it to the person who's in charge, and uh, they will, they will either mail you or hand it to you after church some Sunday 
coming up, okay? And then we move on to point F, faithfulness towards the Lord. Faithfulness towards the Lord. Oh, wow. There's so many beautiful scriptures that talk about faithfulness. Are we faithful towards the Lord? All right, let's read a few of them. Here we go. Here we go. All right, Deuteronomy 10, 12, 13, out loud. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? He requires only that you fear the Lord your God and live in a way that pleases him and love him and serve him with all your heart and soul. And you must always obey the Lord's commands and decrees that I am giving you today for your own good. All right, next one. Ephesians 1.1, 1, 1. this letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I'm writing to God's holy people in Ephesus. Uh, oh, hold on. Okay, just stop right there. I don't know what, what, what happened there. But anyway, yeah, let me just read it from my notes here. Sometimes weird things happen on the screen. Okay, I'm writing to God's holy people in Ephesus who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus, who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. And then 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 61 says, and may, may you be completely faithful to the Lord our God. 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. What about you? What about you? Are you completely faithful to the Lord? Have you committed your whole heart and life and soul and spirit to our Lord Jesus Christ? Do so today. If you haven't, do so today. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is faithfulness. And here's some more good news, truth number three. The Lord will reward you. The Lord will reward you for your faithfulness. In your handouts, you'll see the many beautiful verses that talk about how the Lord rewards his people for your faithfulness. The fruit of the Spirit, my friends, is faithfulness. I want to encourage all of us to pray and to say, Lord, I want to experience more and more, and I want to live out this faithfulness in my life, in practical ways, on a regular basis. And Lord, may my children and, and grandchildren, may other people's children be able to say, I find him, I find her faithful. Amen?